Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The first person to survive Alzheimer's disease is out there. And the Alzheimer's Association is going to make it happen. But we won't get there without you. Visit alz.org to join the fight. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here, live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network and our fine family of broadcast affiliates throughout Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, 20 Asian countries, and Europe and the rest of the world on TalkStarRadio.com streaming audio. On tonight's show, joining me in a few moments will be Margaret Ucoleno. We're going to be talking about uh, children in foster homes. Richard Salva is with us in hour number two, Bruce Goldwell in hour number three, and Susan Titus 
in hour number four. Now, if you'd like to give us a call any time during the night to talk to our guests, voice your opinion, tell us what's on your mind, our toll-free number is one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. That's toll-free at one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. My email address is xzone at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our two websites, www.exonetv.com, and that is where you can watch and listen to the show live from our studios here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And our main website is www.exoneradio.com. This is Tuesday, January the 22nd. My producer tonight at Master Control is my good friend, Superman. And Superman, always super working with you, buddy. I hope that you had a good day. My first guest uh, guest tonight is Margaret Ucolano. We're going to be talking about the secret light of foster children. Successful entrepreneur and former foster child, Margaret is going to reveal what growing up in the system is really like. And we're going to be talking about her book, My God Box. Margaret has owned two companies and served as the president and CEO of a multi-million dollar Microsoft consulting company. But now she's reached a stage in life where she wants to devote her attention to children's advocacy. Her experience growing up in foster care motivated her to become an outspoken child's right advocate and activist. As a child, Margaret was habitually beaten by her alcoholic stepfather. Her mother would lock herself in a bedroom, mirrored in depression and a refusal to deal with the dysfunctional and abusive family dynamics. Labeled an incorrigible child... Margaret was placed in foster care where she witnessed horrible abuses of children. After after shuttling through various foster homes, a mental health faculty, and juvenile hall or juvie hall, Margaret lived on the streets of California for a brief time. She says discovering God helped her lift her from the abyss of unhappiness and despair, and she vowed that once she was an adult, she would make it her mission to bring attention to the plight of children who were suffering in the shattered foster care system. Margaret decided to write a book chronicling the traumas of her childhood spent in foster care. She fervently hopes that her message will not only implore people to get involved and help, but will also inspire anyone who is faced with seemingly insurmountable struggles that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. When we come back from this two-minute commercial break, I will be speaking to Margaret about her plight. It's a plight that I'm sure that was not very uh, was not very happy, and we'll see what she's done in order to try and help these children who are faced with these insurmountable odds each and every days of their life. Margaret Ucolano is our special guest, and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue live and around the world for this Tuesday, January the 22nd in the year 2008 on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, one 877 is toll-free. And I'd like to say hi to the uh, the TV crew from Space that were here at our studios this afternoon. Great bunch of people. Uh, we're going to be on Space this weekend. And as soon as I find out what the times are, I'll send them to you, the Exxon Nation. I'll be back. Don't go away. You're welcome, sweetie. Have a good day. The demand for healthcare professionals who deliver both comfort and critical care is growing. 
FineNursingSchools.com connected me with an accelerated bachelor's of nursing degree program in my area with expanded capacity so I could complete the program in 16 months. Now I'm on the path to an in-demand career that offers job stability, flexible schedules, competitive pay, and the choice of where to work. Visit FineNursingSchools.com to begin your journey today. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. On tomorrow night's show, we have Dr. Randy Wymore joining us. We're going to be talking about the CDC's decision to finally do something with the uh, Morgellons uh, case that we've been talking about for the last two years. So that's tomorrow night. Dr. Randy Wymore here on the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network. My guest this hour is Margaret Yukolano. And uh, child, we're going to be talking about child abuse. We're going to be talking about foster children. And child abuse, it happens in neighborhoods just like yours and mine. When authorities suspect abuse, children are plucked from their homes with little more than the clothes on their back, then carted off to foster homes to live with complete strangers. And unfortunately, not all foster parents are in it to help kids. For some, fostering is simply a way to make money, make a living, add to their existing living. The more kids they take in, the more money they get. So what's life really like on the inside for foster kids? Margaret Yucolano, thank you very much for joining us tonight, and uh, welcome to the X-Zone. Do we have Margaret there, uh, Superman? Hmm. Margaret, are you there? Yes, I am, Rob. Thanks oh. for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for joining us tonight. And um, I, I was just wondering if you could tell us what it is like on the inside for foster kids. Well, you know, there's um, over 700,000 children in foster care in the U.S. this year alone. So, it's you know, each child has um, definitely got their own set of, of challenges. Mm-hmm. But I would say the general consist- consensus with most of them is they feel like second-class citizens, um, they, you know, have a very, very difficult time uh, coming from the family that they know and be thrown into a family full of strangers. Uh, so it's usually not an easy um, adjustment, and it takes time. Um, and usually, unfortunately, right as you start to feel a little bit comfortable um, with that family, you usually get um, transferred to another one. So, um, you know, for many children, you can experience 10 or 15 different foster homes throughout your uh, childhood before you turn of age to be able to live on your own. Ten or fifteen foster homes. The poor child yes, has no security. <laughs> they ha- they it have could no be more s- than that too, but <laughs> there, there's no security for these children. There's no safety for these children. Well, you know, I um, I call it an epidemic. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whenever you have a business that's lacking of funds, such as our uh, you know our social system for child care. 
mm-hmm. um, addressing foster care specifically. It's just lack of funding, and I believe that each state and does the best that they can do um, with the situation that they have on hand. But uh, it's kind of an epidemic, and they just don't have enough funds, and they don't have enough foster families, quality foster families, to take in all the children needing homes. Now, how long do the children stay in foster homes? Until what age? Um, till they're 18 years of age. Mm-hmm. Um, in some instances, you know, the court systems will always try to work uh, with the original parents uh, resolving the situation to allow them to return home. Uh, when that does not happen, then they try to find them a permanent foster home uh, until they turn 18 years of age, and then, uh, you know, they're kind of released on the street on their 18th birthday, and uh, they're an adult now, and they need to learn how to fend for themselves. Why are they moved so much? Why can't they just stay at one home? Well, that would be a permanent foster home, and um, there's many different types of foster parents. Mm -hmm. Um, My experience is I was a child that was in um, continuous temporary foster homes while the government looked for a permanency, um, and they just never found one for me by the time I became of age. So I believe that that is probably the main issue, that they just don't have enough um, parents wanting to take children on permanently. Tell me, what was it like in a foster home? Tell, share some of your experiences with us. Well, for me, and I know I always you know, like to say I know there are good foster mm-hmm. parents out there. Um, I just did not experience any of them. <laughs> so I hate to make them sound like all foster parents are bad, um, but you know, the quality of the homes that I was in mostly um, were poverty-struck environments. They didn't even have enough money to take care of themselves, much less the foster kids that they had, most of the homes I was in had five to six or seven um, other foster children in the home with me. And, um, you know, my biggest memory is mostly just poverty. You didn't get a new pair of shoes. You didn't get school clothes. um, You didn't get school supplies or any of the other typical things that you would expect a child growing up would have. If these families were so poor, how could the state give care and control of a child to these kind of people? I don't believe, even to this day, and I keep pretty on top of it, um, Mm -hmm. of course it differs a little, you know, state by state, Um, financially, financials is not a qualification to becoming a foster parent. Well, wait a minute, If, if the people cannot afford to take care of themselves, how in the name of heaven are they going to take care of a child who needs that extra bit of loving care at a very, you know, at a very vulnerable time in their lives? Well, I had this discussion earlier today, and <laughs> I believe that, you know, we are in such desperate need for foster um, families at this stage. We've got so many kids that have no place to go uh, that they just take, you know, what they can and uh, load them up. That's a crime. With as many as they can, you know, the families do receive, I would say, small monetary. Um, each state is different, but, you know, 700 to $1,000 or $1,100 a month per child. All right, now hold um, on it here. It can differ I'll... by a couple hundred dollars, but, you know, that's really not enough money, um, and it doesn't go back to the child living in the house. So, wait, wait, wait a sec here. If you've got somebody who has seven children, they're pulling in $7,000 a month. Right. Uh, and they can't take care of these children the right way? Something is desperately wrong with the system. Doesn't anybody monitor what happens to the money that should be going to the foster children? Well, it's one of the main issues that I have with the foster care system is there's not enough checks and balances in place. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a privatized system, and it is ran, you know, by the government, and they do the best that they can do, you know, with the state funds and the things that they have. 
um, but there's definitely not enough checks and balances in place on what goes on with the home, how the money's spent, or even how the child's treated once placement. You know, we're talking $84,000 a year here. Right. You know, right. And, and the mathematics says, well, there, you should have no problem taking care of these children. And, you know, if the state can't do the job right, find an outside agency that can. Like, exactly. We're, we're talking about <laughs> children here. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's just an ever-growing epidemic. The numbers mm-hmm. are astounding. The children in foster care each year, um, it's growing. Um, the biggest concern, you know, not, not really the biggest concern, um, so I'll take that back. But, you know, not only is the foster care system a major issue, you know, when these kids turn 18 years of age, they're put on the street. And most of them, 48 to 50 percent, depending on what statistics you're reading, become homeless. So, it, you know, it's, it's creating a major epidemic, um, you know, once while they're in foster care as well as when they're coming out of foster care. It's, it's definitely um, waiting on the, uh, you know, financial systems within the state. What we should do when it comes to a foster child is the same thing that happens in a in a separation or divorce of parents the parents should assume financial responsibility for the child right the money should come directly off of the parents salary it should go directly to the state or the province if it's in Canada and this way here the parents would have to take responsibility what responsibility do they have at this point oh my kids in a foster home tally ho geez it didn't work too bad that sucks. Well, in my situation, and uh, you know, my parents did pay. They had a, a fee that they had to pay the state mm-hmm. um, when I was put into foster care. Um, but the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, most of the kids coming um, out of the homes are being taken from the home um, for severe abuse. You know, in a lot of the instances, the parents are drug addicts. They're in and out of jail. Um, they, you know, they have alcohol addictions, and honestly, they're, you know, they're on welfare, and they don't even have, they don't have the funds to pay to the state. So here we've got kids who have one hell of a bum rap to start life with. Right. They're taken away from their parents because their parents shouldn't be parents in the first place. They're put into foster homes. They're moved around ten to fifteen times. They're not taken care of. Well, I'm, I'm not talking about all foster parents here. And at the age of 18, well, there you go, 18th birthday, here's your bags, thanks very much, it was nice knowing you, enjoy your life. Right, and most of the times they don't have bags, most of the times they leave with garbage bags. Um, most of their belongings are usually moved in a, you know, a garbage can, yeah. um, you know, a black garbage bag. So, <laughs> uh, they're not even lucky enough to have luggage when they leave. So. All right, Here, here's a question for you. Do foster parents get any training? They do, but it's very, very limited. Um, each state, once again, is, is you know differs a little mm-hmm. bit. But you know, you can go to a forty-eight hour class and become a foster parent. Um, go through your background checks, make sure you know that uh, you don't have, you know, that you're not a pedophile or any criminal activity mm-hmm. against you, and, and you know, become a foster parent within thirty to forty-five days, depending on the state. But the training is limited, um, and like I said, and, and once you're placed in foster care, the monitoring is is even more limited. All right, is is abuse a common problem in foster care? In my experiences, yes. I, I had abusive situations. Um, there are still abusive situations. And, you know, <laughs> depending on who you're talking to, you know, mm-hmm. we all have different levels of what we would consider abuse. Um, I see abuse in foster 
families today, um, many different levels of abuse. The only good news that there is today is that abuse is not as tolerated, um, not that it, you know, was ever Wait a sec, hold on here, you said abuse? going through the system. Just a second um, here. You, so you, you can't be removed from that home for abuse. Just a second here, just a second here. You said abuse is not as tolerated. Right. You mean it is tolerated? Well, you know, I'm dating myself here because I was in, um, you know, foster care over mm-hmm. 20 years ago, and unfortunately for me, when I had abusive situations and reported, I would... I would be stuck there in that home until they could find another place for me or get put into juvenile hall. And um, there's just not a lot of temporary or respite care type of situations to where you can remove a child immediately and have a place to take them. Margaret, so please stand by. You and I have to take a commercial break. This is, this is, I'm glad you wrote your book and you're blowing the whistle on this. Great job. Margaret Yukalana uh, is our special guest. Her book is available on Amazon.com. It's called My God Box. Margaret and I will return on the other side of this commercial break. If you'd like to give us a call and voice your opinions about foster care, should the parents be responsible? If they're getting welfare, should part of that welfare check go towards their own child? Are foster homes just another easy out for parents who really didn't want to be parents in the first place? We have to protect these children. The children of today are the leaders of tomorrow. I'll be back on the other side of this break, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. Don't go away. It's bad enough if you suffer asthma, but as a parent, the agony of watching your child struggling for breath must be agony beyond measure. What if there was a natural, effective, drug-free answer to asthma you'd want to know, wouldn't you? Well, I've been reading up on a little-known clinical trial at a major hospital that suggests you can be rid of asthma, asthma symptoms, and sinus and allergy symptoms to breathe easily, calmly, and in a more natural, relaxed way. It's guaranteed or you get your money back and you've got 90 days to decide. Look it up for yourself online at healthstarproducts.com. H-E-A-L-T-H, healthstarproducts.com. You've got 90 days to decide if this program works for you. If it doesn't, you get your money back. Go to www.healthstarproducts.com. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. 
It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Greetings, Exeter Nation. This is Les Pedroghi from AskAPI.org. And you're listening to my old friend, Rob McConnell, on the Exxon Radio Show, heard exclusively around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Hi, this is Ken Elliott. When I'm floating around the universe, I always try to tune in to Rob McConnell. Hi, hey, there, Trinity Frog on Sesame Street. When I want to find out what's going on with UFOs or ghosts, I listen to the Exxon with Rob McConnell. This is Les Corrigan from Target Internet Development. You're listening to Rob McConnell on the X-Zone Radio Show. This is John Hogue, Prophecy Scholar, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in the X-Zone. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and this portion of the Exxon is being brought to you by Ken Klein Productions. Bringing mysteries into the light of day, www.kenkleintv.com, K-E-N-K-L-E-I-N-T-V.com, and Technon, the science of survival. When danger strikes, are you prepared? www.technonllc.com. Most of us can never imagine the horrors hundreds of thousands of children endure each and every year, abused, abandoned, or neglected by the people who are supposed to love them and take care of them. So what happens when law enforcement gets involved and places these children in foster care? Life gets better, right? Not necessarily. Our very special guest this hour is Linda Ucolano, and she is the author of My God Box. And uh, Linda, Margaret, thanks very much for for being with us. And um, I, I can't believe that here we are in the year 2008, and this kind of 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 care is being given to our children. It it makes no sense. Rob, I'm sorry, but I'm having a very difficult time hearing you. All right, I was saying that here we are in the year 2008, and and I can't believe that uh, children are, are being um, 
you know, are, are, are being basically put at risk. It, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's unthinkable. Well, I found it equally discouraging for myself. I, mm-hmm. you know, once I became an adult, uh, I really focused my life on make, you know, changing and getting a job and being able to support myself. So, um, you know, when I felt I had my life together and started to get actively involved in, in going back mm-hmm. into the foster care environment, I was equally as shocked. I, you know, I spoke to someone earlier today and I said it just hasn't gotten any better and it's been over 20 years. So, um, maybe a little longer. <laughs> well, all right. What is the, um, what are some of the biggest challenges foster children face? Is it schooling, making friends, and feeling like they don't have a family? How do children cope who are in foster homes? Well, I, I think that um, they really struggle, and um, it creates some of the issues, you know, that they have throughout their life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if you're in a temporary foster home, uh, meaning it's not permanent, right. you know, it's very difficult to go to school. You're, you're changing schools constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do go to school, you know, you're constantly having to try to make new friends, um, mm-hmm. teachers, uh, and then, you know, it's very easy to get moved on again. Uh, you know, just going into a, a complete stranger's home, you, you really feel as though you're a second-class citizen. You're not allowed to go on family vacations. Uh, you constantly have to have, you know, a, a certified or an approved babysitter um, around you. So you just don't have a, a normal life as as the other children around you, and it just makes you feel somewhat of an outcast, I think. So, and I believe that's a common feeling amongst, amongst most of the foster children. Is the foster care system broken beyond repair? Well, I, say, I always say nothing's beyond repair. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm a very positive person. Uh, you know, definitely it's a system that's lacking uh, funds. Uh, it's, you know, it is broken, mm-hmm. it needs to be fixed, and we just don't have all the answers, and we just need, you know, many more people, um, privatized individuals that are interested in, you know, stepping in and, and trying to help make a difference and help us change it. In your opinion, what is the biggest problem? Where does that biggest problem lie? What is the broken, broken or missing link? Well, you know, I, I like um, to think that we need more individuals, privatization once again, to come in and build more group homes, create more safe family-type environments for these kids to live in, um, and, and try to, you know, not depend necessarily on the state, you know, to put all the children through all the different, you know, the available foster families that we have at that time. Uh, we just... You know, we just need more more of society to become more actively involved in what's going on. What's it like in Juvie Hall? It was not a winning um, type of environment for me. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I had to go into Juvenile Hall because the family that I was with at the time had a, a parent die, and they were not allowed um, to take me out of the state. As you are, you know, you can't take mm-hmm. any of the foster children out of the state. So they had no temporary home for me, so the Juvenile Hall becomes the temporary home I um, mean, that's very still common today, um, and it just, you know, you're thrown in with criminals. Hardened, even though they're teenagers, they, you know, they're there for crimes, and uh, it's, they're not the type of people that you're used to dealing with. So it, um, it was difficult for me. <laughs> what are the statistics pertaining to a child returning to his family or her family? Well, I, you know, the court systems really strive um, to rectify the family situation and, and to get guardians involved that, 
you know, they, they'd like 100%, of mm-hmm. course, um, but I believe that the statistics are really low. This year alone, there's over 700,000 children in foster care um, at the beginning of last year, and at the end of that year, 500,000 were still remaining. So that means out of the 700,000, 200,000 were able to be rectified and, and returned to their home. And it's just not a very large percentage. What has been the um, the feedback on your book? Have you received any calls or emails from foster children who have applauded you for your efforts? I haven't received from foster children. Um, foster Care Alumni, which is an association that has people like myself as adults, um, mm-hmm. really like the book. It wasn't really written at a child level to understand, so I honestly haven't had any anybody below the age of 18 read it yet. What are you hoping to accomplish with your book? Well, my first, um, my first hope is to create awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, my second is to be able to actively... Um, raise funds. A uh, portion of the, the book proceeds are going in to help foster children um, in local communities. And, and I'm trying to create uh, more of a national, um, I guess, uh, information for people on how to get involved, regardless of what city or state that you're in. What can people do to help children in foster care? Well, I, you know, I have many, many ideas because it is an overwhelming system, and when you um, make a phone call to try to get involved, most people become so overwhelmed, they, you know, they walk away. But mm-hmm. um, there's plenty of things people can do. They can become a guardian ad litem. Of course, they can always become a foster parent. Um, they can help, you know, fundraise, or if, if they're not interested in anything that requires a lot of time, you know, just buying an extra Christmas gift and donating it to your local foster um Child and Family Welfare Department makes a huge difference for a foster child to be able to receive a Christmas present uh, because they, they just don't receive one if, if no one donates them. Um, and then I always tell people to hit my website and email me, and I'm happy to help them find programs in their area if they're having a difficult time with it. What kind of psychological damage does a foster child end up with from going home to home feeling like they're just a, they're just a thorn in somebody's side? Well, that's interesting because I was just pulling some of um, the statistics on this today, and you know, the post-traumatic stress disorder of these children um, seems to be the biggest issue. They, the rate is four times a Vietnam um, or a war vet that wow. it, um, a foster child is more likely to experience post-traumatic stress disorder. My Lord. So that really seems to, you know, to be. The, the, the big one, and then the second one would be uh, major depressive episodes along with, you know, social phobias, um, which, you know, who can blame them sure. <laughs> uh, with the environment that they grow up in. So, um, you know, they definitely have some challenges that they need to learn how to overcome. Typically, how well do foster children do in school? Well, I, you know, I don't think that they, they don't do as well. Then, you know, the general population, 82% of our, our kids graduate from high school and 56% of foster children graduate. You know, so there's a, there's a big discrepancy there. Um, most of, you know, 29% of foster children will go the GED route. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's definitely more challenging for them, and that's because they move their school, you know, they move school systems quite often. What can what can the school system do in order to help foster children adapt? 
Well, you know, I don't even go down that route because the public school system, <laughs> depending, you know, which state that you're in, mm-hmm. uh, some are better than others and have their own sets of challenges, and, and there's definitely not any extra care, you know, going on for a foster child that comes into the public school system. I, I hope you don't take this question the wrong way. What kind of parent does a foster child make? Well, you, you know, I... Um, that's a good question. I, you know, it goes back to your earlier question about, you know, some of the, the trauma mm-hmm. or the stress, you know, that they might have. They have a lot to overcome. And so if they don't address the issues of growing up in these types of environments um, before they have their own children, the cycle of abuse tends to continue on. And that's my personal belief to why our foster care system is just growing at, you know, an exponential yeah. amount of numbers each year. Um, these these kids need to learn how to break the cycle of abuse and you know overcome their challenges before they before they have their own children. But aren't we aren't we just adding gas to the fire when these children turn eighteen, just booting them out on the street and saying, "Okay, ciao. Here's your bag of clothes in the garbage bag. Away you go." Like you know, when somebody is released from jail or prison, there's a halfway house. Right. Why can't we do the same thing with foster children in order to prepare them for the cold reality of the world that they're going to be in? Lack of funds. You know, those children are, are titled aging out foster kids. That's their, you know, technical term. Um, it's, it's an epidemic in every state. Uh, most of them go to the homeless societies, to, you know, to find homeless shelters to mm-hmm. live in. Um, the states usually give them... Seven hundred to a thousand dollars a month uh, for you know for a couple of months uh, to be able to get on their own feet. But as you know, that's not enough money to get your own apartment and find a job and and do all the things that you need to do. Um, and we just don't have enough aging out homes. So Actually, they... I, there's very very few aging out homes. That's not something that the government or the state seem to tackle. And um, once again, privatization. We we need we need aging out homes. We need a place for these children to go. We need halfway homes for these children. Right. You know, they, I know at eighteen they're not children any longer. They're adults, young adults, right. but they need to be taught. Absolutely. And you know, like I can I can't imagine the stress and trauma that they're faced with, because as it is, they feel as if they're sociologically outcast, and right. yet here they are at the age of eighteen. After leading a life of home to home to home to home, no stability, they are now homeless. Right, Lord. And uh, it's you know it's very very disheartening. We you know I call them group group homes or mm-hmm. you know there's many names for them, but we we definitely are in desperate need, and when you know every city needs one, um, they could be filled up, you know, as quick as you build them. You know it's it's a shame because there are FEMA trailers that are just going to waste. Why couldn't they find some land, put the FEMA trailers on, and use these as staging areas for these children or these young adults? And that's a good question. God, what are they doing in Washington? Uh, <laughs> that question I can't answer. You, I'm one person, and, you know, um, I'm hoping to get yeah. more people actively involved in you know, just by creating awareness is, you know, being able to get more people on the bandwagon well, asking these types yeah. of questions and, and helping us make a, you know, make a change because it's, it's desperately needed. It, it is desperately needed, and unfortunately, stories like this do not usually get media attention unless there is something very drastic 
that the mainstream media considers newsworthy to attach this story to. But I'm glad that I'm able to have you on here tonight and we can get our listeners around the world just an inside glimpse of what happens inside a foster home. Stand by, my dear. You and I have to take a commercial break. My guest this hour, Exonation, is Margaret Ucolano. She is the author of My God Box, and it's available on Amazon.com. The name of the book, once again, is My God Box, and the author is our guest this hour, Margaret Ucolano. Now, her name is spelled I-U-C-U-L-A-N-O. Margaret and I will be back on the other side of this break. And uh, still to come on tonight's show, we are going to be speaking to, oh my gosh, we have, uh, let's see, Robert Salvas on with me next. And we also have uh, Susan Titus on. And that's just for starts. And then, of course, Bruce Goldwell. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the X-Zone, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. That's toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address is xzone at talkstarradio.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, exclusively on Talkstar. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Just imagine this, Exonation. You're a little tyke, let's say five or six. Your mom and dad have got their problems. Society says, no, it's best if we take you out of your home and place you in another home until mom and dad can get their act together. Over the years, your 
moved from one place to the next. Because mom and dad can't get it together. They're, they don't have the mental capacity to get it together. So this little tyke is moved from home to home to home to home 10 to 15 times from the t- age of 6 to the age of 18 for 12 years. That's not even one year in a place. Then they turn 18 and what happens? Well, there they go. They're given their belongings and they are sent into the cold world. When someone is released from prison, they go into a halfway house. But we don't do that with children who have led screwed up lives through no fault of their own. And this is what really upsets me is that it seems like there is a broken system out there. Children are falling beneath between the cracks. And children are our greatest asset. We have to take care of them. And I'm very happy to have uh, Margaret Ucolano on the show tonight. She is the author of My God Box. And it tells the story of, of her stay and her experiences in foster homes. Once again, Margaret, thank you very much for joining us and for writing this book. Thanks for having me. How many organizations are out there where people can contact and, and help foster children? Well, on a national level, there uh, there actually isn't that many. I would say, oh, on a national level, maybe less than maybe two um, three max. Most of the foster care is ran by the state um, and managed by children, you know, protective services within that state and within that county. Sad part is, is we give our animals better treatment than we do our children. Yeah, I hate to, you know, <laughs> admit that, but, um, you know, it, it's definitely a broken system and it, um, you know, the children do you know, do fall through the cracks, Mm -hmm. and they're not treated very well. So basically, the system is broken because it doesn't have enough money for bandages? Well, the state doesn't have uh, enough money. Um, There's, you know, always never enough social workers. The social Mm -hmm. workers complain that they have hundreds and hundreds of cases. Uh, The judges will tell you that they can't see all of the cases because they have to assign a guardian ad litem to that case um, before they can determine the fate of the child. And so now we don't have enough guardian ad litems, um, and that's, you know, an ever-growing problem all within its own. And, you know, it just keeps growing from there. So there's, there's many, many reasons to why it's broken. Margaret, thanks very much for joining us tonight. A pleasure. Keep in touch. Let me know what's going on, and if there's a way we can help, just let me know. Absolutely. Take care of yourself, dear. Great. Thank you very much. Bye-bye now. Margaret. Bye. Have a nice evening. I will. Thank you for starting it off for me. Great, Margaret Ucolano is our special guest this hour, Rexo Nation. She is the author of My God Box, talking about foster care, the broken system. Her book is available on Amazon.com, and proceeds from the book, part of the proceeds from the sale of the book, go to help foster homes and foster children. When we come back from the news at the top of the hour at six and a half minutes past, Richard Salvo will be joining me. And um, we're going to be talking about the reincarnation of Abraham Lincoln. I'll be back on the other side of this break as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. 
In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.